my heart is aching. My daughter does not get Daperol. She's been gone for 27 years now. She doesn't get privileges that he gets, and he should stay where he is until the day he dies. People are understandably very upset with the idea that Robert Picton could even be considered for day parole. I mean, this is someone who was convicted of six counts of first or second degree murder. And now the families of those victims are gathering for a vigil to mark the fact that he can apply for day parole. Now, to be clear, he can apply for day parole, but no hearing has been automatically scheduled. And there is no indication at this point that he has applied for day parole. But people have questions about the system and how it works, right? So we thought, let's let's get some of these cleared up for people. Mary Campbell is with us now, a lawyer and former director general of corrections and criminal justice at the Department of Public Safety. Mary, thank you for being with us. Thank you very much, Simi. Now, can you explain to us who becomes eligible for day parole after serving 25 years? Yeah, anyone who's subject to a life sentence for a first or second degree murder has their full parole eligibility uh, for first-degree murder at 25 years, and that's what uh, Mr. Picton's uh, full parole was set at. At three years before that, they're eligible for day parole. So that's why we're seeing the eligibility just automatically arises now, and that's been the law for decades. It's got nothing to do with current politics. But, you know, as you said, I really want to stress eligibility for day parole is not getting day parole, and he is a long way away from day parole, and I can give you a little bit of the steps he has to go through. Um, So uh, now that he's eligible for day parole, he's also, because as I understand it, he's in maximum security. Uh, Media say he's at Port Carchet Penitentiary in Quebec, which I've been to, and that is one isolated penitentiary. Um, He's not yet uh, he's not able to get the first step, which is unescorted temporary absences. When the board sees someone for release, normally they want to see them along a certain path. Escorted passes, then unescorted passes, and then potentially day parole. Well, he's eligible for unescorted passes now, as well as day parole, but he's, he, as long as he's in maximum security, he cannot get unescorted passes. Um, so the chances of the board saying, oh, well, don't worry about that, we'll just consider you for day parole, uh, the chances are zero. Uh, someone like him, they would want to see him go out on unescorted passes first. In order to do that, he would have to get down to medium security. Um, so he is so far away from actually getting day parole. Um, right. I understand people being upset that he is eligible uh, but he, he, as you say, he hasn't applied for it. Um, it getting day parole out of maximum security? It's zero. not happening. Yeah. It Mary, is Mary, not happening. This is, I'm so glad that we are able to have you on the show so you can explain this to people. Because I understand that people are upset because of the yeah. heinous types of crimes that we're talking about here. But there's so much more to the system than the headline here, isn't there? Yes, there is. And, I mean, it's horrible as some of these crimes are, and his is certainly at the high end, I, I just feel for the victims. Um, you know, this is fortunately a small group of people. 
um, and the system knows how to to handle them. So for him to be eligible for day parole, as I say, first he has to get unescorted passes. He's got to get down to medium for that to happen. Uh, I don't see that happening anytime soon. Uh, I understand he's 74 years old now. Uh, You know, his pathway, I think, is he'll be at Port Carchet um, for quite a long while, would be my assessment. Mary, is it fair to call this then a technicality? Uh, yes, it's a technicality. I mean, we we don't lock up people with no hope of release in Canada. Some countries do. Um, so there's inevitably on any sentence, there's going to come a point when the person is eligible for a day parole and then full parole. But eligibility, gosh, does not mean you get out. Um, the You know, the full parole grant rate is about 32%. That's 32% of the people who apply for it. You know, the vast majority of people are not getting out on uh, parole at one-third or day parole prior to that. So uh, the other thing I do want to highlight is for the victims. I know that in this case there were uh, victims, uh, families where um, Mr. Picton was not charged with the death. Yes. Um, and I know they're a bit concerned. We uh, wrote the law in 1992 to make sure that those victims were included within the special provisions for victims. So even if charges were not laid, the family is still considered a victim and can have access to information and notification um, that the public wouldn't wouldn't get. So I'd really encourage the families, if they're interested, to contact Correctional Services or the Parole Board and register to, uh, to be on the victim's list for that information. Okay, that's good advice. Mary, why is the system set up like this? You talked about in Canada, you know, we don't. So maybe you could explain to people why we do this. Yeah, uh, you know, there are countries that that uh, still use capital punishment and do lock people up uh, with no chance of ever being eligible for parole. Um, you know, it's, yes, if you're, I guess, willing to pay the financial price to lock some people up forever. Um, but bear in mind, the people who work in those institutions are still at some risk. And generally, you know, good correction says, look, we'll give you a chance to reform yourself. We'll give you a chance to demonstrate it. But you're going to have to jump through quite a few hoops before we're going to put you, uh, you know, back out on the street. You know, there's a really strong science of risk prediction. It's not perfect, um, but Corrections Canada is, uh, you know, one of the leaders with that. So it is a very cautious system, but we do say we'll leave open the possibility that you can change. And some people won't. Some people obviously die in penitentiary. You know, they're, they're right. never released. But the system uh, takes that into consideration. I wonder, Mary, is it is this happening now? We're hearing these concerns because it's become a little tougher for people to perhaps have faith in the system. 
Yeah, I understand that, and I understand in this particular case, it's been so difficult, and I know there are issues around uh, retaining the evidence from Mr. Picton's crimes. So I think in particular, and, uh, you know, uh, um, this was a particularly horrendous case, and it is hard for people to have faith, but I would say that this is a situation, the system knows how to handle people like uh, Mr. Picton, um, you know, no one is going to take a chance prematurely with any kind of release for him. And as I say, he would have to have, you know, some people have a hundred unescorted passes before they're considered for day parole. He's had zero. Um, he is, you know, yes, he's eligible, but it's so far down the road uh, to an actual release. Mm. Um, well, you know, it's just not, it's not going to happen. Well, thank you. Thank you for clearing that up for us. And I appreciate that. Uh, thanks for your time. Yeah, thank you. That's Mary Campbell, lawyer and former director general of corrections and criminal justice at the Department of Public Safety. Mary Campbell knows what she is talking about. And hopefully that will reassure people. You might see that headline today, but stop and think about what Mary has told us. It's not happening. Robert Picton is not getting day parole. In fact, hasn't even applied for it. It's just a technicality that he is eligible. It's not going to happen there. Uh, But I know people will be talking about this today, seeing that headline, being concerned, and it's good to talk about it. And so we can all understand how the system works, right? For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.